0: Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense, dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Michael. And I'm Shane. Welcome to episode sixty-eight, WrestleMania eight. Friendship torn apart. The Macho
1: Flair affair. Oh yeah! Woo!
0: <laughs> you got both of them. In there. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, you don't want to show your uh, allegiance this early into the show. No. Nah. Yeah, I'm. I'm a fan of both Woo! of them. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't know. You know, you're a macho guy. I think I
1: mean I am, but Flair guy too.
2: You can be both.
1: It, it's okay to be both. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm okay to say I'm both. I was I was macho before I was Flair, but having the two of them together is is awesome.
0: See, I don't know if I actually ever really watched Macho in WWF a whole lot. It was more when he was in WCW, so I think I was more of a Flair guy first.
2: Ah. So. Yeah, you're not getting. Your good cherry and Elizabeth and Mega Powers
0: business, definitely not
1: the birth of the king.
0: So this is the eighth annual WrestleMania produced by the WWF. I mean, it kind of makes sense. It's yeah, WrestleMania it's not, eight. It's not X eight. I mean, it's or... technically V I I I. There we yeah, go.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that's it's a number. Eight.
0: It's a Roman yeah. numeral.
1: Why is it V I I I? Why could it not be I I X? That, mean? that That is correct as
0: well. <laughs> but that's I, just I think it, you oh, only go up
2: to three after it's more than three yeah, eyes, like, then, then you go to numerals the, the higher did, number. Only,
0: Roman numerals only did four across. Ah. The show would take place on April 5th, 1992 at the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis, Indiana. The attendance was 62,167 people with a buy rate of 2.3. That's a
1: show. That's a big ass crowd for Nineteen ninety two.
0: Sixty two thousand people. I mean, the last time that WrestleMania had this many people was when they were in the Silver Dome for WrestleMania three. Three, three, which probably had sixty thousand people, but they said there were ninety. Yeah, yeah. We
1: were we were welcomed to the Silver Doom at at WrestleMania thirty by mistake, I believe, as well. So yeah.
0: It's it's an easy mix up. But Shane brought us along for us. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, all you fans out there. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, this
1: this hopefully will uh, inspire some people. But you know, since I'm I'm new to the podcast, I figured I'd bring my own little spin to it as well. And yeah, you, know, you got to know me on a recent uh, house show. But one of the things that didn't really get discussed is I love food, food and Her beverage. Bad brother. Yeah, it's I don't know, it, it's a lifestyle. You know, it's it's not just. For for survival, but it's for fun and, you're not and a, adventure. You're
2: not a peanut butter and jelly guy.
1: No, I like to uh, I like to live it up. You, you, know, don't, back bo- in... you don't boil the chicken. No. <laughs> back in the uh, the 1992 times, I was the uh, the picky guy who could only eat certain things: peanut butter and jelly, and French fries, and whatnot. And then I grew up and decided I'm going to try everything, and now everything is amazing. So I figured I'd uh, incorporate that into our our podcast world here by bringing a a featured food or beverage from the, the area of the show, and today being WrestleMania 8 from the uh, Hoosier Dome, the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis. I looked up to see what the uh, the popular foods were around the area, and apparently the fried pork tenderloin sandwich is extremely popular up there. Flattened out pork <laughs> fillet, seasoned, breaded, fried. On a bun with some mayonnaise, lettuce, and tomato. Obviously, we're not in uh, Indianampo- Indianapolis recording this, so I got the Oklahoma version from our uh, our budget doesn't allow it. Nah, <laughs> but this one uh, is always a favorite. Irma's in Oklahoma. Wow, I just got it wrong. I'm sorry. Ingrid's in Oklahoma City. Fine German cuisine. They're, Fine they're German cuisine. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it's okay. Well, you know, when when we're sponsored. They will just give these to us, but this one was actually paid for, so I guess I can say what I want. Pork
0: tenderloin sandwich. I'm going to give it a bite. You can record your own podcast okay. and do what you want. Mm-hmm. But while they're munching down, I'll go ahead and tell you some other things that happened around April 5th. Isaac Asminoff. Asimov, Asimov. Asimov. I don't know where I got the Asminoff. <laughs> Where'd the end of that word. Would pass away the next day.
2: The robot guy. The science, mean, fiction science fiction writer. Writer. Oh. Foundation, uh, the Foundation uh, series, I think, is the big one. I, one of my friends is a huge fantasy and sci-fi novel guy, and that's the one that he always uh, cites. And then, of course, there's the, the, the I Robot, the robot, Robot Rules. Sorry, Will Smith. That was the movie, right? Robot yes. Rules. Yes. Well, I Robot.
0: I mean, that's probably the most well-known of his. Yeah,
2: definitely. Oh, the, he, so he also was... wrote Bicentennial Man. Yes. Terrible movie. Horrible. Probably just read the short story.
0: Get the book. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. The book is definitely better.
2: <laughs> the movie. I would spans so. about like a thousand years, and it sure feels like it. A... Bicentennial. Bicentennial. Oh, God. <laughs> Oops. I saw
1: that movie with my grandma. I think I think we both fell asleep. I tried to rent it.
2: He <laughs> couldn't. I just I didn't have get it. Through. No, I mean it was there. <laughs> yeah.
1: I picked it up and put it back down, and picked it up and put it back down, and it's I pretty just haven't tried. It's
2: pretty funny that they made a Robin Williams robot, and it looked like Robin Williams.
1: <laughs> like, was
2: he in the suit yeah. the yeah. whole time? That's crazy. What a wild choice.
1: He didn't need to do that. Yeah. If they could sell a Robin Williams robot, I would totally be all about that, but
0: Bicentennial Man... <laughs> yeah. But he only gets to be one Robin Williams character. Ugh. Which character do you go with? I'm gonna pick the robot because Rob Williams. As much
2: as I love him, I don't want him to be around, like in my house, that annoying all the time. Too high energy.
1: I gotta go for Goodwill Hunting.
2: Okay, is that, I've never seen Goodwill Hunting, so is is he what? low energy in there?
1: This guy. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, he, he
0: calls himself a movie buff. Perhaps you I'm to have you to bring. Gotta keep, you gotta keep some food, beverage, and side.
1: movie for Michael. Yeah, you gotta keep some <laughs> stuff
2: on the side. Like you gotta you can't just go through and, and all. is is it really a classic? Yes.
0: It's not Casablanca. I, mean, I don't love Goodwill hunting as much as most some people, people do, but yeah. it's, I love it. It's still worth the watch.
1: It moved me. It, uh, it made me get in my car after seeing it for the third time and oh, wow. drive off to a state border because I thought, yeah, I'm just going to go and start a, an adventure now. I, <laughs> in the movie, he had to go see about a girl. Unfortunately, I didn't have to go see about a girl, but it's a classic. You should see it. It's amazing. Goodwill hunting. Matt Damon, Robin Williams, Mini oh, Driver, know, Ben Affleck. I know what's up.
2: I just haven't actually oh. sat down and done it. I've seen the parodies. I've seen I've seen it parodied for, for years at this point. I remember it being a big deal. I, 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 I would go with Death to Smoochie. I mean, I love oh, Death to Smoochie. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's a good Robin Williams as well. That's my favorite. Robot. I don't know I which mean, one. I guess I'm going robot now for now still because da- I can't think of it. That one or Mrs.
0: Actually, Mrs. Doubtfire would probably be the right choice because then, only... then you have a maid as a robot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or robot as a movie. I want
2: him just as the sad dad when he's not got the makeup on. <laughs> the one we're not going to pick is One Hour Photo.
0: That's oh, yeah. We're not gonna
2: pick. I mean, that's a good movie. Yeah. Because yeah, he'll good kill movie. you in your sleep. Right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, let's go ahead and move on to WrestleMania 8. We get Vince narration over the logo and highlights of our competitors for our double main event.
2: There's no such thing as a double main event. Or is there? One of them is in the middle of the card and one is at the end. It's not a double main event. A double main event would be two big matches back-to-back, or if you had two shows, like a show on Saturday and a show on Sunday, and they were still called WrestleMania 8, and there was an event at the end. Like, the last match is the main event.
1: Yeah, but this was uh, this was WWF in the, the early days, where as, as somebody who went to the live shows back then and had to sit through and be disappointed by main events happening in the middle of the, the card... It just was kind of true to form that they try and perk up the middle of the show just to to keep people through till the end.
2: The middle of the show is fine. Yeah, it would have been fine without that because there's a there's a banger in here. There's a few of them, <laughs> but I won't bury the lead.
0: But did Vince literally say Hogan's farewell match? Yeah, yeah. they're doing some dumb shit here. We'll talk more about that later. <laughs> Grilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan then welcome us to the show over shots of the massive crowd, and they do a rundown of the card. The Fink then welcomes Reba McIntyre to sing the national anthem. Gotta love it. And she does a pretty good job. She does? I, yeah. I uh, think I still like Willie Nelson's America the Beautiful better from a couple of I love ago. her
2: brown turtleneck with the bolo tie. This is a wild choice, but... You know, whatever. We still love you, Reba. Bobby Heenan had some pretty fun things to say. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead and what did did he say? He said, boy, can uh, Tito's sister
0: uh, belt it out? Reba McIntyre. Reba McIntyre. Love you, Bobby. (laughs) So great. Which that actually brings out our first match. El Matador, Tito, Santana versus Shawn Michaels with Sensational Sherry.
2: This is our first real dose of the sexy boy,
0: right? Yes. This is. So the story behind this match, they eliminated each other at the Royal Rumble, so they've been feuding. We're going to have a blow-off match here, hopefully.
2: Yeah, I mean, it also, you need two guys that can move to start.
0: And also, Marty is dealing with demons, so that's why he's not in this match. Marty yeah. is a demon. <laughs> <laughs> he's his own demon. But Tito hits the ring, shows some chivalry, kissing the hand of Reba before, before she exits. We might, then might get the... Big sister. We then get the Sherry version of Sexy Boy that brings out Sean to the ring.
1: I love that version. As as great as the Shawn Michaels version that went on forever afterwards was the Sherry version just has history.
2: It's got Sherry. It does. Like, I mean, who, she's already singing in yeah. the
1: background on the other one, so they may as well just, I know she. It's
2: like the only person that could know. like elevate Macho outside of just Macho Man was Sherry. Or I guess Elizabeth, but that's a different thing. <laughs> but she was the only one that could be as crazy, that could that handle that kind of crazy. Yes. And, and, like, fire right back. And
0: it felt right. Absolutely. So Michaels is taunting, shoving Tito to start, but Santana controls and hits a crossbody for a two count. Back and forth from the two while Gorilla shills for the hotline. Then El Matador hits a clothesline to send Sean to the floor. Sherry's right there to comfort her man, but Tito drags Michaels back in for more headlocks.
2: Bobby Heenan lets us uh, ask the question, who does her makeup? Helen Keller?
0: (laughs) Oh, classic jokes. HBK looks to hit an, an atomic drop to escape, but Santana rolls over for more headlock action. Sean tosses El Matador off only to duck his head, allowing Tito to grab him for a small package for a two count, and then goes back to a headlock come
1: on Tito let's uh
2: head. let's headlock I wasn't ready for this to just start with some headlocks yeah. but you know it's
0: wrestling again Michaels tosses off Santana to the ropes using the momentum to throw him over the ropes and to the floor And then... back in the ring HBK with a backbreaker and after a two count goes to a dreaded chin lock only for El Matador to elbow out start running the ropes but he runs right into a super kick
2: are they even calling it a super kick yet? Or are they still calling it like a savat kick or a grill monster sure and be like just a, a karate kick? kick karate kick, savat <laughs> kick. Yeah.
0: I just wasn't. But we yeah. know what it is. It's a super yes. kick. Sherry is yelling for a pin, but, but Michael picks him up for a knee breaker when Tito escapes with a punch to the face. Santana starts firing up only for Sean to catch him with a kick, but then El Matador comes off the ropes with a flying forearm that sends HBK out to the floor.
2: The Flying Jalapeno.
0: Yes. <laughs> Tito follows out, slamming Sean's head into the still steps, rolling back in, hitting a slingshot shoulder block, a shot to the gut, a knee lift, and an inverted atomic drop. Santana then hits the Paso del Monte, or a flying forearm to the back of the head. <laughs> or as Heenan calls it this time, the Flying Burrito. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that sends Heartbreak Kid out to the floor. Back on the apron, Sean is scooped up by El Matador, but he holds on to the ropes, which causes Tito to trip, and Michaels lands on top for the pin and the win. Bad news. Oh, don't tell me this. This would be Tito Santana's last on-air pay-per-view match. Boo. But he is one of two men to wrestle at all eight of the first WrestleMania. Oh, like,
2: so he is... Yeah, he was on, all he, the shows, all the resumes been, he was on were consecutive. Yes. Correct. Well,
0: good I'm you, sure we Tito. all know who the other person is. <laughs> uh,
2: the ref. This ref. This ref's bowl cut. Yeah. Did you notice this ref's bowl cut? I did not. Oh my god. It's uh, incredible. I think that's who won the match, honestly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was the ref's bowl cut. This match definitely didn't start off the way I thought it was going to with these two guys. Yeah. I thought it was going to be much more quick. Quicker pace. Yeah. But and the finish rocks. But the finish does rock. Yeah, good finish,
1: but yeah. Way
0: too
2: many headlocks. For guys that don't need to be doing headlocks. No. It's like, yeah, this isn't Jim Duggan match.
1: Mix it up. Throw me a trap hold, something. Oh, I... Don't talk, don't
0: talk <laughs> like that.
2: <laughs>
0: mean Jeans then on a stage in, in the crowd, and he brings out the Legion of Doom. And Paul Ellering is with them. I know. Isn't that great? First sighting of Paul Ellering that we've had in the WWF. Animal says, Jimmy Hart, you cost us the belts, but we're coming for them. And we'll talk more about what happened later on there. Hawkton says, we were a runaway train, but now we got the missing piece of the puzzle. Ellering Falls, we make our money the old-fashioned way. We beat people for it.
2: I like it when WWF talks about money. Like, oh, you make more money when you win.
0: It puts a little bit of realism in the Yeah, in it's... The it's
2: uh... That's what wrestling was outside of the WWF, or outside of this version of the WWF. I mean, granted, you have your Million Dollar Man and your Andre with his bag, but actually talking about if you, you, what's the main motivation for winning outside of being better is like, oh, well, getting paid, getting paid to get my ass beat.
0: And then Hawk finishes off with, "Oh, what a rush!" <laughs> That's my thing
2: I know it is. <laughs> The uh, but it was not like. I wasn't ready for Paul Ellering to be back. It was cool to see him. He yeah, did, I, he cut. The, the promo was, they cut was good. It was a little long, but it was. I think was this was the best
0: promo we've seen Paul Ellering cut. Yeah, it's easily the best promo we've seen him cut. Because I always was like, episodes. "What
2: is he even doing there?" Outside of just like kind of looking like a manager, but I was really
1: impressed here. Maybe he's on WrestleMania eight. Yeah, I totally forgot that gotta, he had. Gotta bring it. Had made a, a comeback at that that time. Yeah, when he popped up on screen, it was it was a nice little surprise there. But
2: it was a real yeah. surprise. It was a good promo that he cut. Yes. Exactly.
0: The Procurator of Destruction. We then go to the locker room. Sean Mooney's there with Jake the Snake Roberts. And Roberts' snake is still banned from ringside, if you were wondering. And we cut to a video package of Jake in the funeral parlor, where Undertaker's hand is stuck in the casket while the snake DDTs bearer. Roberts then grabs a chair and hits it across Taker's back multiple times saying, I will drive the final nail into the coffin.
2: It's crazy that Jake is more evil than an undead man. I guess it's how you turn an undead man face, is you have a real scumbag beat him
0: up. So our second match, Jake the Snake Roberts versus The Undertaker with Paul Bearer. And the story behind this match was on a Saturday night main event. Roberts had just lost a match with Macho Man, had gone back to the back, but was waiting for Savage and Elizabeth to come through the curtain, and he had a chair in hand. Justice is about to hit him. Macho. Undertaker appears and grabs the chair, telling him not today. Undertaker saves the day. We then see the events of the video package that we just talked about to set up this match.
2: And I saw, I was like, is there's a lady on uh, Jake's trunks like wrapped in a snake? And I was like, is this supposed to be Liz? Because that would be pretty, pretty brutal. But if that was the case, I'm pretty sure that you know, Macho would have already ran through him before, uh, before he has to party with Flair later. He, he wouldn't let that fly.
1: No. He would have ran down during the middle of the ring and... Tore uh, his pants tore
2: off. Tore them off. <laughs> Spray-painted them.
1: So,
2: Spray-painted yeah,
1: spray Wait, right. I guess he's a few years away from spray-paints.
0: <laughs> so once they're in the ring, Jake keeps punching away... But Taker no-sells everything until a running punch sends the dead man over the ropes to the floor, landing on his feet, only to grab Roberts by his boots, dragging him out to the floor. It's like full-on dead man mode. It's like, this is, this is, this is good Taker. Undertaker runs the snake into the ring post. Both men roll back into the ring, where Jake continues attacking with right hands. But Taker continues to no-sell. The dead man reverses an Irish whip and begins to choke Roberts, slamming his back into the turnbuckles multiple times. More Irish whips and chokes. We get an elbow drop, flying clothesline by the Undertaker, and goes for a body slam. But the snake floats over and hits a DDT.
2: Come on, DDT out of nowhere? Out of nowhere. I popped hard for that. I mean, that's what the DDT is good for.
0: Roberts is celebrating as Paul Bearer is calling upon the power of the urn. When Undertaker just sits up. What's in the urn? <laughs> the dead man with the choke, only for Jake to escape with a knee lift, a short arm clothesline, Undertaker sits right back up again. Michael Myers style. <laughs> the snake hits another DDT, but instead of making the cover, Roberts goes to the outside to go after Bearer, while Taker sits up again, rolls out to the floor, and grabs Jake hitting a tombstone pile driver bum, bum, bum. on the outside. I was thinking outside. that he was
2: going to get the urn. Like, get the urn and, like, chuck it into the crowd. It's like, he can't give it up after he's, the urn's not there.
1: Oh, yeah. I figured he was gonna go, you know, the, the Hogan route and, you know, at least sprinkle the ashes or throw something in the face <laughs> of Taker. Or... Yeah, the, the ashes would've been uh, good, but...
0: The dead man rolls back into the ring, crosses the arms of Roberts for the pin, yeah, and the win.
2: But, like, yeah, no... You th- can't do the ashes and then Undertaker wins. can't make him that strong. He's already strong enough.
0: So this would be Robert's last WWF pay-per-view for about four years. And The Undertaker's now 2-0. Yep. I wonder how long he's going to go, guys. Yeah, this, Kayfabe, for it
1: being uh, Robert's final pay-per-view for an extended amount of time, I was, I loved the match, but I was just hoping for a little bit more of a Big boom of a send off just because of Jake I mean, being Jake.
2: But Jake's do Doesn't want, know he's going to be not do want on to go TV. On to do the backstage the, the, stuff. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know about the backstage stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, he was probably hanging out with Martin
0: yeah. More Technically, a, it was, of a, <laughs> a warrior style. It was more. He was promised a job on the booking committee, writing job. Oh, yeah. And Vince reneged basically at the last minute. Yeah. And so this was. He was working, actually, on a handshake deal for this match.
2: Oh, really? To finish up a few... What did it have to do with his outside-of-the-ring problems? Probably why he didn't keep the job, or didn't get the job?
0: From everything I've read, Vince just changed his mind. Yeah.
2: Oh, really? It's a, I mean, if Jake's not a complete monster at this point, like who who else would you want writing? It's a good question. <laughs> like,
0: I mean, come on. Good question.
2: Bruce Prichard.
0: Oh, cool. <laughs> We then go to the back, Mean jeans there, with Rowdy, Roddy Piper, and Bret Hart. And Piper says that he loves Hart's family and remembers Brett as a little wee lad. And this is Roddy, like, kind of how we lost, last saw him. He
2: is just over the moon, like, with excitement. It's like Roddy Piper at
0: 12. Yeah. He skipped 11 and went straight to 12. Over the moon and extra rowdy. He goes to pinch the hitman's cheek when Hart just grabs his hand and asks, what is this? Uh. Roddy explains he's just having some fun, having a nice contest. <laughs> and Brett says he wants his belt back, patting it, and Piper tells him to keep his hands to himself. Eh, two can play at this game there, Mr. Hitman. So we get our third match. Brett, the Hitman Heart versus Rowdy, Roddy Piper, for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. The two men stare each other down before the bell. Piper then with an arm drag, only for Brett to return the favor moments later. Roddy, with a single leg takedown, has Hart in a waist lock, but the hitman uses his momentum to throw Piper out to the floor. Roddy's hot, jumps back in the ring, and spits at Brett before asking for a test of strength that turns into an extended wrist lock sequence by Hart, not letting Piper go no matter what Roddy threw at him.
2: Roddy looks like real lean here. It's like I think this might be the best shape we've seen him in. It's like,
1: even better than the last show. Yeah, he's got he's got to have that champion's physique now that he carried kind of the uh, the intercontinental title. But I have to say I've always hated the test of strength. I I'm trying to think of a time where I actually enjoyed them doing it in in a match, and I don't know. It's just always.
0: It's a move that they do in the first five minutes of a match that's just kind of like, okay, we got to get to yeah, later yeah. On it's in like, all right, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, it Instead serves of headlock, it serves a, a purpose, but rarely is it compelling. That's why, I like Japanese wrestling, where they just take turns hitting
1: each other to see who's more manly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd take that anytime over a let me hold your hand so I can squeeze it and we yeah. can see who can squeeze harder. Over
2: like <laughs> over the top Stallone style. Yes.
0: Uh nice throwback. The hitman delivers a drop kick, but looks to have hurt his shoulder. But it was all a ruse as he cradles Piper for a two count. Classic hitman. Roddy retaliates with a slap to the face, and the two men are yelling at each other until Brett hits a crossbody that eventually takes them both over the ropes to the floor.
2: Real 360,
0: right, gorilla? Piper's back in the ring first, where he holds the ropes open for Hart to get back in.
1: Roddy being Roddy. Uh, Mind games. Let let me uh, hold the rope for you like... Savage does for Miss Elizabeth.
0: The ref points out Hitman's boot is untied, but as he goes to tie it, Roddy comes in with an uppercut that busts heart open. We got a bleeder!
2: I know, it's always exciting when you get a little bit of blood in in a WWF show.
0: Piper with head slams into turnbuckles, delivers a bulldog, and starts biting at the cut. (laughs) A knee lift, but Brett comes back with a sunset flip for a two count.
2: If you're not willing to bite the cut, you shouldn't be throwing fists. Exactly.
0: Roddy's right back to working on the cut, but Hitman retaliates with a flying forearm that sends Piper out to the floor, but is right back in for the two to both hit clotheslines for a double KO. Roddy's up first and goes up to the top rope, only for Brett to pop up, hit Piper in the gut, a draping faceplant, inverted atomic drop, vertical suplex, Russian leg sweep, backbreaker, and goes for the sharpshooter. But Roddy blocks, so Hart follows up with an elbow drop before <laughs> heading to the second rope.
2: It's like, excuse me, uh, waiter, can we get uh, one of everything on the menu? <laughs>
0: Five well, moves please a doodle. No, I thank was going to say like 16 moves again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hitman jumps off the second rope with another elbow drop, but Piper gets a boot up on oh, Brett's beautiful. chin. And the two start slugging it out from their knees.
2: Great, it's gorgeous. There's blood, there's energy... And they're
1: punching each other on on their knees. Some might call it a slobber knocker, but maybe next year. Not 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 quite quite yet. (laughs) Roddy
0: tosses Hart into the ref and then follows with a clothesline to send Hitman out to the floor. Piper continues the attack by slamming Brett's head into the still steps, rolls him back into the ring, and then goes and grabs the ring bell. Gotta get the fucking bell. So Roddy has the bell inside the ring. He raises it. But he starts having second thoughts as the crowd is yelling. He knows knows the whole family.
1: Exactly. Having flashbacks (laughs) to young little Bret Hart
0: playing out in the yard. Can't do this to the poor kid. So he throws the bell away, locks on the sleeper, but Hart walks up the ropes to flip over on top of Piper as he still has the sleeper locked in. Yes. For the pin and
1: And the the win.
0: win. And new post match, Roddy takes the belt away from the ref and then lays it on the Hitman, helps him to his feet, and then snaps it around the waist.
2: I'm not crying.
0: Are you crying? The two men then hug before walking to the back together.
2: And now you can. Oh, that's not true. It's like you can just turn the show off. But that's not true. There's good. There's a. There's plenty of other good stuff here. But I mean, there's plenty of shows we've watched where if this was on the show would. It, you you could say that, yes. yes. <laughs> but uh, luckily for uh, you and for us, that is not the case. But uh, yeah. I
1: couldn't put this over enough. This fucking match, yeah. If if you're not a, a wrestling fan or you're honestly yeah looking for something just to want to know why people enjoy watching wrestling, this is a a That's match to throw out there. Definitely. For...
2: Like, if you got what ten minutes, I think it's like thirteen. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's, totally worth it's it. It's a quick match, and it's a
2: 13 minutes that feels like five because it's the ring engaging psychology all the way in this throughout.
0: match, just with them both going, both are going back and forth between face and heel because they're both faces technically at this time, uh-huh. but they both use heel tactics at times, and then just collection of moves and stuff. The we we've said it many times, but bleeding rings and you bleed all the time. Element. It doesn't.
2: It's not great, but like it, it, like this is a great use of it like the guy that wins is the one that bled yeah like and it's believable and he won by being the better wrestler by being the better and smarter wrestler and you don't even you can just if you've never seen wrestling you can be like oh like you can look at it and still tell like oh he's the one that's more technical and smarter about it who else would have done that
0: in a sleeper situation brett fucking hart (laughs) that's it Bobby Heenan now has a big surprise for everyone. Hmm. And we get split screen with Lex Luger. <gasps> what? Lex praises the brain while making a fat joke about Gorilla. Oh, this shit sucks. And they start talking about the WBF. That shit sucks too. The World Bodybuilding Federation.
1: Uh, I wish Not... you guys could have been around to see the uh, the promos for Yeah. The we WBF. should all get IcoPro Pro shows.
2: <laughs>
1: It'll be extra funny. Maybe because I'm not in shape.
0: <laughs> Luger takes his shirt off to show his physique, snaps his fingers, and a woman brings him a glass of milk. <laughs> Gross. I do have to. Uh, I don't like any
1: of that. I have to retract my previous statement from uh, the last show because I had uh, commented about Lex like, being built in as 295. Uh, the this this show he actually looks like he's got about a 400 pound chest. So. Yeah, he's. Uh, well, he looked
0: as fucking he, wide. And he <laughs> yeah,
2: the. Uh, it's funny because he has such a tiny head. Mm-hmm. Seen him as an old man. Now is really funny. But the. Uh, now he's up in New York, Connecticut, whatever. He's getting into Vince's stash. I mean, the man already worked out like crazy, but now he's got like the good stuff, the pure stuff.
0: Gorilla then throws it to a package of interviews, and we see the nasty boys in the Mountie in the locker room when Repo Man runs in. Jerry Sag says, the Nasty Boys are going to nasticize you. The Mountie is going to electrify you. And the Repo Man is going to tow away the carcasses. He's going to take your shit. Is it Survivor Series already? I'm, I'm, I know. I'm, when I'm, they <laughs> said,
2: honestly, I watched this in a couple of sittings. Uh, when GM said, when Grill Monsoon said eight-man tag, I was like, well, I'm done for tonight. Like, I can't watch this right after this match right now. <laughs> like, I'm. I was, that was too good. Uh, I'm going to just... You know, that's a eight-man Good start for my next viewing.
0: Ease into it. We then go over to Slaughter, Bossman, Virgil, and Duggan, who respond with, "It's gonna be a fight." Now, oh, now wait.
1: it's Survivor Series. Yeah, <laughs> that's the yeah, that's the You've point. got Slaughter, Duggan, Virgil, and Bossman against Nasty Boys, Mountie, and Repo Man. <sighs> Uh, will, <laughs> gotta get a get everybody a gig. It, yeah, it will be it'll be a brawl. I'm gonna need some something of sorts stronger than this cold coffee here for this match.
0: <laughs> Howard Finkel then announces a guest ring announcer, and it's Ray Combs from Family Feud.
2: <laughs> Ooh! Oh, he makes some funny jokes, doesn't he? What are they? You got them?
0: He literally uses the word survey thirteen times in oh. introducing the first team while yeah, he makes jokes about them.
2: A survey of a hundred people. That's what Family Feud I never really watched Family Feud.
1: Survey Family. says Yeah. This match sucks. Wait, wait, no. We, I, we haven't discussed it yet, so I can't say that.
0: I did not get any of the jokes because I did not care enough about them. <laughs>
1: and that is you know, Survey says the 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 glory of Moving
0: on. <laughs> Ray Combs in the nineties. So our fourth match, the Mountie. Repo Man and the Nasty Boys of Jerry Sags and Brian Knobs versus Sergeant Slaughter, Big Boss Man, Virgil, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan in an eight-man tag match. And Jimmy Hart's in there somewhere, too, right? Did he come out to the ring with them? Who knows?
2: There's Probably so many people, it doesn't believe. matter. Like, there's eight people. there's eight it people. What matter. is, What is Jimmy Hart even going to do? Yeah. You can't even notice Jimmy Hart when there's eight people out there. That's pretty <laughs> impressive.
0: But as I mentioned, Ray Combs was making all kinds of jokes, but they were all about the heels... So the heels attack him. Oh, yeah. But the faces then come from behind as the bell rings, eventually hitting a quadruple clothesline to knock them all out of the ring.
1: This is comedy. And if you... It's supposed to be synchronized, but if you watch it, you'll Mm. notice that Bossman kind of fucks up the synchronicity of it all because he got a little gung-ho in his movement. Um,
2: Top ten Bossman performances go.
1: Yeah, it, it was... One clothesline D-Lash by Bossman and three.
0: Mr. Perfect? Was that
1: who he oh, was? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think that, that was seven.
0: Yeah, uh, I think so. Or six. I when, think uh, it was maybe uh, seven.
2: Yeah, when he gets hung in the ring. Yeah. That's
0: the one. Repo Man comes back in, runs under a double clothesline from Sarge and Hexall, only to run into a clothesline from Virgil. But once he stands up, Slaughter and Duggan hit the double clothesline as well to clear the ring.
2: Don't forget all the USA chants.
0: Oh, okay. Sag, we kind of settled down for a minute, and then Sags tries the ho call to the crowd, but then Hexall just shows him how it's done, <laughs> only to be hit from behind by Jerry.
2: Good on you, Jerry.
0: And Grilla says, it "Must have been one too many hoes." <laughs> uh,
2: and you know, you know, Grilla is a—it wasn't making a dirty <laughs>
0: joke. No. He's just Grilla Monsoon. Sags with a head slam into a turnbuckle, but Duggan retaliates with multiple clotheslines and an atomic drop. I have an interruption here.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Shawn Michaels has left the arena. Thank you, Heenan.
2: (laughs) Followed by, like, probably, like, 20 ladies.
0: At least one. (laughs) Sherry left. (laughs) Sherry wouldn't go do her own
2: thing. Sherry
0: ain't got time for, for Shawn Michaels bullshit. This is just a job. Sarge with a clothesline and a gut buster to Knobs. Big boot from Big Boss Man, then winds up for a big roundhouse. Irish whoops Brian and charges into the corner, only for Knobs to move. Repo Man takes over the attack, misses a clothesline, and then moves out of the way of a Boss Man splash. Repo with multiple pounces across the back of Boss Man. The Big Boss Man rolls over and punches up on a third for a very low blow. He may need to go repossess some balls after that shot. <laughs> Virgil jumps in, hits a drop kick, a second rope crossbody on Repo. Makes a cover, but Nobbs makes the save. Virgil starts shadow boxing when the Mountie comes in to hit him from behind. A back suplex from Repo Man. Sags with a pump handle slam and makes a cover for a two count.
2: I like the pump handle slam. Doesn't matter move. who
0: does it, I like it. It's a fun move.
2: I gotta do say something positive.
0: The Mountie then comes off the second rope just as Bossman gets in the ring who catches him and hits a Spinebuster. And then everyone jumps into the ring for a Pier 6 brawl.
2: Also, I think Virgil had a nice drop kick. It was pretty
0: nice. <laughs> if I remember correctly. The Mountie throws Sarge into a ring post on the outside as the Nasty Boys try a double team. But Virgil ducks the Sags punch so Nobbs is knocked out. And Virgil makes the cover for the pin and no win.
2: It's nice to know that Virgil got a pin. I don't
0: know.
2: I I sure. I, I, don't know. I like I mean
0: I I just like <laughs> Virgil just cuz I don't know real reasons. I mean, technically out of these 8 guys, the only one that was probably over is Bossman. All right. I mean, Maybe Haxall, well, but, Hacksaw, Hacksaw, but Hacksaw's, Hacksaw's just Hacksaw's a gimmick. Hacksaw's yeah. not going up the card at all. Yeah. No, I mean Honestly, had... I
2: wish the Nasty Boys would have stayed in, well, maybe stayed in WCW cuz they at least could have had Maybe I don't know. It's hard to say. WCW at this point even doesn't have the the big monster tags that they did for a while, where it
1: was like everybody was 400 pounds. Uh, I wrote down, Virgil officially has a mania victory, and we don't. Fuck us. <laughs> I wrote
2: at least it was quick. This match was like six <laughs> minutes long, and I was like not ready for that after like Beverly's it's, and. Um, it's
0: the shortest match on the card. Yeah, and it yeah. should be. And it should be, and I was fine with this yeah. match. It served I a purpose. Didn't. I
2: was, it, I was I was pleasantly surprised because I was expecting eight man tag. That's why I turned off. I was like, if I knew it was six minutes, I probably would have kept going. But I was like,
1: I, I assume it's going to be thirteen plus. Yeah. I'll I'll take this match over uh, a seventeen minute Beverly Bush- Bush- Bushwhacker match any day. Which by the way, by the way I scared
0: yes. I scared, scared both of them s- very badly <laughs> by telling them there was a Beverly's Bushwhackers match at WrestleMania Eight. I didn't tell him it was the dark match.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no. and uh, according to um, my handy in any notebook, the Bushwhackers Beverly's match got pulled down almost in half to ten minutes on WrestleMania, so maybe it was watchable. Does it say who won? It was I'm sure it was the Beverly's, the Bushwhackers. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly Brothers
1: 50-50 uh, booking. Yeah, was Jameson still there? Do we know? Mm, no, he was, was he gone, gone official? official? Yeah. Okay.
0: No, no JMo. But also. This would be Slaughter's last pay per view for five years. What's he gonna go do? Whatever he wants. Go to, to Iraq. He's gonna, he's gonna, gonna go sarge. Do voiceovers for go, GI Joe. <laughs> go be a cartoon. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's go sarge some stuff. Slaughter yeah. some other stuff.
2: That'd be, that's probably a pretty great deal between like WWF and G.I. and GI Joe. Like I assume he still gets paid off him if he's alive. He's alive,
0: right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We then go to the locker room. Sean Mooney's there with Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair and they're holding a large piece of paper, but you don't really ever see what's on it.
2: Bobby talked about it earlier in the show. I've got an idea what it is.
0: Perfect says it's a photo of Elizabeth that they're gonna plaster across the big screen. And Flair says you got one last shot at Space Mountain. (laughs) We then go to Mean Gene, who's outside Macho Man's locker room, and he tells us Savage is not doing interviews at this time. Is it because he's focused on the title? Or because he's paranoid about defending his woman's honor. So how did he get the photo?
2: Is it like, we, we used to date?
0: Well, our fifth match. All right. Ric Flair <laughs> with Mr. Perfect versus Macho Man Randy Savage for the WWF Championship.
2: Which means it should be the main event. Should be. Probably because it's yeah. the Because it's the title. Yeah. Because it's the heavyweight title. One more time. It's the heavyweight title and it's the fifth match on WrestleMania. Yes. It's a problem. Continue.
0: So the story behind this match is Savage would be named the challenger for the belt after Sid and Hogan would get into it. And we'll talk more about that later. But leading into the show, Flair began to claim he had dated Miss Elizabeth years ago, even producing pictures. So there were many pictures that they did show on TV. Mm Mm-hmm. But they kept one certain one that they're going to plaster across the big screen once Flair wins. It's getting
1: racy over here in, yeah. the, in the WWF. And see, again, it's something that racy and scandalous would be best saved for the end of the show, you know, after some of the, the youngsters have gone to bed, don't you know?
0: <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> I tell that to 1998. Yeah. <laughs> so the champion comes out first. Foreshadowing. Hmm. Macho comes racing down to the ring, chases Flair out, leaps over the ropes and stalks him back down the walkway to hit him from behind, slamming his head onto the floor multiple times until Perfect pulls Savage off and drags him back towards the ring. Once in the ring, Macho hits a clothesline, high knee, mounted punches in the corner, which the Nature Boy tries to escape with an atomic drop, only to be blocked and then taken down with a clothesline. We get a back elbow from Savage, but then his back body dropped out to the floor That's by still, an H.
2: Oh, That's Macho me. takes that bump like way too hard. Right? <laughs> it looks incredible. Yeah, the, but I mean, it's it's Macho Man. of ever, like we said, he's I'm, he's
1: I'm always, always always
2: running on high.
1: I'm always nervous anytime I see a back body drop out to the floor, and this one was extra intense just because. Because <laughs> it was Macho Man. Yeah. It. <laughs> I mean. Uh, Savage, that Savage and Shawn Michaels are, are two of the, the top ones that take it over the edge when it comes to selling anything. And yeah, this one, even though I've seen the match time and time again, it still made me kind of cringe as like, it was coming Ooh. up.
0: Flair continues the attack on the floor, ramming his back into the apron. Back at the ring, the nature boy with a stalling vertical suplex, a back suplex, chops, multiple hard Irish whips, and a running knee drop but Macho rolls out to the floor to escape. Nage, with more damage to the back, ramming it into the apron once again, a vertical suplex brings Savage back into the ring. We get more hard Irish whips until Macho begins to fire up with right hands, hits a desperation swing neckbreaker to get a breather. Flair comes back with an eye rake, goes up to the top rope, but is press slammed off. Savage then with a back body drop, multiple clotheslines, and Nate begins to beg him off, only to be tossed for a flare flip. Lands on the apron and begins to run to the next turnbuckle, coming off with a double axe handle. But Macho catches him with a clothesline on his way down Rough. for a two count. Bam. Another Savage clothesline sends the Nature Boy out to the floor. Then Macho comes off the top rope with a double axe handle that... That sends Flair headfirst into a guardrail, and then slammed into the still steps.
2: Is that when he does the flop on the ca- on camera? That but they they, do, they he does a flop, but they don't they don't get it on camera. He does like the flare flop, like on the floor. But the yeah. camera doesn't catch it, and it drove me insane. I was like, "How can you? What are you
0: doing here?" And all this busts the Nature Boy open. I mean,
2: it's not a Ric Flair match if Ric Flair doesn't bleed.
0: No. Savage with a vertical suplex on the floor rolls Flair back in continuing the attack with a top rope double axe handle for a two count. Macho with a body slam goes back up to hit the Savage elbow for the pin and the No! Perfect pulls Randy off of him. What the fuck, Kurt? Perfect is then being Good chased job. by Macho around ringside until Perfect climbs into the ring grabs something out of his pocket and tosses it to Flair. The wild
2: FO appears.
0: Nate is up and pops Savage with the F.O., tosses it out before making the cover for the pin, and the... No! Macho kicks out! Flair begins using his fists and chokes to show his frustration, and then Perfect hits Savage across the leg with a chair. All of a sudden, Miss Elizabeth comes running out, with Dave Hebner and Shane McMahon trying to hold her back. To no avail, of course. The nature boy is working on the hurt leg with a shin breaker before locking on the figure four. There's now a whole crowd of officials around Elizabeth, but she is staying for her man.
2: But they're smart. They're like kind of not. They're not getting too hands on. I mean, Randy's right there. Yeah, yeah you gotta. <laughs> he's you
1: gotta
2: in a match, but it doesn't mean he's. Gonna, he will easily get out of that ring if, and and take you, take you down if he knows that you've got hands on Elizabeth.
1: And it's one of those frustrating things too of. Why they gotta have a crowd of people around Elizabeth when you know, Mr. Perfect is just yeah freely on. involved? They're in the really like
2: she's gonna get hurt. Elizabeth knows what she's doing. She's been doing this for a long time. Exactly. She's
0: been around this company for years. Macho is fighting the pain as Flair is using Perfect as leverage until he's finally able to turn it over to force Nate to break the hold. The Nature Boy goes for a body slam, but Savage surprises him with a small package for the pin. And, no! Flair kicks out! Nate pulls Macho right in front of Liz so she can see as he keeps working on the leg and giving chops, hits another shinbreaker, and goes for a big roundhouse ride.
2: It also is the largest shinbreaker I've ever
0: seen in my life. He, like, lifts him, <laughs> like, back behind him
2: and brings him down. It looks awesome.
0: But Savage returns the blow, then pulls Flair over by the trunks into a school roll-up for the pin... And And the win. And And new. new. Even though Fink completely disappoints me by saying once again. Yeah. Yeah. I almost said that instead of the
1: and new. I figured (laughs) I'd I'd keep it. (laughs) It'd be pretty funny. We're keeping it real (laughs) here.
2: I don't care
0: what the Fink says. Once again, he's like,
2: what the Fink?
1: We all know Fink
2: can't can't always be perfect. And maybe he's trying something new. Maybe he's like, well, this this might be the new thing for people that have had the belt before.
0: Post-match, Elizabeth runs in to celebrate with Savage, only for the Nature Boy to pull her away. Plant a kiss on her, but Liz slaps him, pushes him away when all of a sudden Macho comes flying in to attack Rick. But the officials are in to break it up. But Nature Imperfect just continue to attack Savage Elizabeth. for several moments. Elizabeth finally gets to slap a bitch.
2: The, uh, it's funny that the they're like holding Savage back, but like they, but he's on the floor and they keep k- k- like jumping in and hitting him. But it just looks like an inside job. It looks like it looks like the like Shane and the other officials are just holding Randy down as opposed to letting him get up and defend himself.
0: It's wrestling. It is an inside job. <laughs> I, mean,
2: I know, but you know what I mean. Like it was. It went on for so long that I had to have that thought of like, why don't you just let him get up? Because you're. Why isn't anybody holding? Rick Flair, he's the one doing the attacking.
0: Yep. Savage still wants to fight in the ring, but finally relents and begins to celebrate with Elizabeth as fireworks go off.
1: Man, old school pyro is fucking crazy. I Oh yeah. It made me jump watching it. Like the one who's from the top down or whatever. Like I was like no, those like the, they had the Oh
0: yeah. things inside mm. the yeah, ring just, just like, like... them
2: yeah and, like those um, people that budget. far away from the ring it's like that <laughs> they yeah they can give somebody tinnitus real quick
0: this would be miss elizabeth's
2: last wwf pay-per-view oh, i don't like that at all again i mean this is a good one to go out on like Absolutely. This, this match my only complaint about this match was the thing the inside job thing outside of that like you know come on
0: we then go to the locker room sean mooney's there as flair and perfect walk in Perfect says, what's so macho about grabbing a handful of trunks? Heenan then comes running in, complaining about the grabbing of the trunks as well. But then Flair, in the most calm voice, what we have right now is a man that I walk around calling the night, claiming to be the real world's champion, claiming to be the second time WWF heavyweight champion. He'll be claiming it all, and most of all, He'll be claiming the love of that Jezebel Elizabeth. Jezebel. Now, Savage, unlike a lot of people in the greatest sport of them all, we don't cry over spilt milk. We reassemble a team. The money, the brain, the nucleus. And we say to our opponent, you did it once. Now let's see you do it again. One time means nothing to my career. And they show the replay of the pen... And you get to see some flare crack.
2: Yeah, a little bit of flare crack. I mean, don't we just want to see flare? And, and after this, don't you want to see flare and Macho just have a trilogy?
0: I'm, I'm uh, good with that. Uh, yes. I,
2: yeah, I, I would say uh, quad trilogy. Screw it. Every match for the
0: rest of our lives. <laughs> yeah.
2: Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I had, I did had a, I had a feeling this wasn't happening again.
0: But <laughs> we then go to Ming Jean, who's with Savage and Elizabeth. And Macho says, this is just a piece of what I wanted from you, Flair. This is what makes you tick. But you haven't been beat up properly yet. We then go to a video of a press conference with Jack Tunney talking with Hogan, Sid, Savage, Piper, and The Undertaker sitting at tables. As Tunney is about to make an announcement, Justice would stand up. But then the president would name Hulk as the number one contender for the title. That's fun. Some bullshit. (laughs) Sid then cuts a promo on Tunny, asking if it's because he's not a big movie star like Hogan. We then get footage from a Saturday Night Main event where Hogan is being double teamed by Taker and Flair. He's crawling to his corner, but Sid drops off the apron right as Hulk, reaches out to make a tag, and walks off. I watched that Saturday Night's main event as it happened. Oh
1: yeah, that
2: was you probably could, a pretty good moment. But you, you could, could kind of
1: see it coming. Yeah, and yeah. Sid wears black trunks. It's bad yeah. guy. Well, I think he lawn? was still wearing blue at the time. <laughs> he hadn't fully crossed over to bad guy, so he was wearing blue at that time, and then oh, he the started wearing moment. black okay. afterwards because okay. you know he had to change the wardrobe just a little bit. But yeah, you could you could see it happening as it was was coming along, and then you yeah, it was an instantaneous change where he walked away. Threatens to smack somebody in the audience, calls somebody a wench.
0: Brutus Beefcake's at the ringside as well, and he runs over to confront Justice, but Sid just continues to walk off. We then go to footage from a wrestling challenge where Sid is on the barbershop and tells Brutus he's going to rearrange his face before smashing a chair through the window. And I literally went, I hope this barbershop has window insurance because <laughs> twice in like three months. We'll get a, we'll do a t-shirt that says... Barbershop uh,
2: win- window insurance. It's got the little, the little uh, what, do, what do you call that? The barbershop?
0: The little, the little thing. thing. The, the, candy, candy, the, the candy, 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 candy cane oh, It's got to have oh. a name. I don't know what it is. So <laughs> the only I don't, yeah. Justice, yeah. Justice then proceeds to tear the entire set down. It's as pretty awesome. runs
1: off. I cracked up at uh, the shaving cream
0: on his face. <laughs> <laughs> it just all but, of a sudden yeah. appeared out of nowhere. Cause... Yeah, but
2: Sid's doing a pretty good job of like. Looking scary and like his promos aren't terrible. He's got some energy behind him.
0: And then they show him basically just beating up several jobbers on his path of destruction to WrestleMania, including my boy Virgil, unfortunately. But you like know I you got you got to have several some, jobbers. You got
2: you got to have somebody that's at least you know recognizable outside of just local talent. It's like local talent, local talent, local talent. Local, Virgil.
0: Local. <laughs> we then go to Sean Mooney in the locker room with Rick the Model Martel. And I love that Martel has a button on to remind us that, yes, he I is a model. A model. <laughs> <laughs> and he says Indians have no class, no style, no fashion, and I will have to disinfect with arrogance. Ah, oh, arrogance. So we get our sixth match Tatanka versus Rick, the model Martel.
2: And Tatanka is a uh, Hall of Fame of this one and that one, right?
0: In his mind, yes. <laughs> If you go and read his website, he literally says, "I saved the WWF." Really? Yes.
2: Really. <laughs> That's awesome. So wait, this is our first time we've seen. Tatanka, this is the
0: first right? time we have seen Tatanka.
2: But we don't get to say all that fun he stuff. He is I, not any. Of I those wasn't stories. sure, but I, uh, you know, no. I, was, I was I was hoping my joke would land on I guess it kind <laughs> of. Different.
0: An Indian tribe does some dancing in the ring as, before the match. Yeah. But as the match gets going, they start. Dancing off back to the locker room, which I was like, is this where they got the idea for No Way Jose?
2: What they, what they should have done is come out and danced with Tatanka to the ring, slooped the ring, and gone back. That would have been cool. That would have been
0: much better, yes.
2: But I think that the, this match isn't very long, so I think that maybe they're like, okay, well, we need a 12-minute so get to the, break. Did
0: they get to the back before the match was over? I mean, yes, they did.
2: <laughs> they definitely did. It's not that short.
0: We had an arm drag, multiple body slams by Tatanka to get us started, and the model rolls out to the floor to regroup. Back in, Martell with a knee lift tries to slam Tatanka's head into a turnbuckle but is blocked and reversed. The model then reverses an Irish whip and goes for a hip toss that is blocked as well, but Martel takes Tatanka down with a chokehold, followed by throwing the Native American to the floor. The model rolls out to continue the attack before tossing him back in, hits a backbreaker, and climbs to the top rope. But Tatanka begins to shake the ropes to cause Martel to crotch himself. Take that, Rick Martel. Back body drop by Tatanka, multiple tomahawk chops, goes for another back body drop, but the model stops short and kicks the Native American's legs out from under him. Martel, with a body slam, a clothesline, tosses Tatanka to the ropes, who ducks a clothesline, and comes back with a crossbody, for the pin and,
1: and the win.
0: win well that was i can't say that was a great match but, but it was
2: it's, it was wrestling by numbers <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: like it was just like all right yeah. but yeah i i i don't know i honestly forgot this match was on mania not not just before watching it again, but then after watching it again, because <laughs> yeah. as I'm looking through my notes that I wrote down, I wrote match number six, and it is not this match. And oh, there yeah. are no notes about this match, so I think this was the 90 seconds that I took a phone call. And,
0: <laughs> and, it, and the match happened while you were <laughs> taking that phone call.
2: Yeah, it's still not the shortest match on the card, guys.
0: No. No. It was the right length, though.
2: Yeah, it was a fine thing. It was, but was it necessary at all, even?
0: Probably not. No,
2: I mean, I'd rather have this than another a six man or eight man that goes true man I mean, yeah. like this wasn't awful. I was like, oh, I like Rick Martel. But I guess Tatanka's a thing. I remember
0: liking Tatanka.
2: Yeah, I tried to in the beginning, and this is my first Tatanka experience. I know who he is because he's the Native American, yeah, gimmick WWF guy. But uh, obviously, he doesn't have a long tail. In the history of wrestling,
0: we then go to the locker room. Sean Mooney's there with Money Inc. and Jimmy Hart. And Hart says, Better watch out, natural disasters. I know all of your weaknesses. <laughs> and DiBiase and the IRS both make very bad money puns. Yeah. I just, as you said that, I had old, oh, what's his face
1: from G.I. Joe, the Cobra Commander. yeah. Uh, oh.
0: <laughs> I know all your secrets. <laughs> mean Jeans then with the natural disasters and. T- Typhoon says, "We won't forget what that beady-eyed little cockroach did to us." Good promos, guys. Yeah, <laughs> good yeah. promos.
2: The uh, is real fun. There's a kid um, in the crowd. They come in, like zoom in on, and he's got money out,
1: like you know, in support of Money Inc. But it's just like, <laughs> like eight one-dollar bills. That out. It is really funny. I think they made a comment about that. Did they about? about yeah, that might be a lot of. Summer, <laughs> I think it was Heenan that said something about, yeah, $8, that's all the money in the world. Like, that might be a lot of money to, to some people. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. Or, right yeah, that might be a lot of money back. in,
2: uh, where are we at again? Uh, Indiana. Indiana. <laughs> there we go. Maybe, that, maybe 8 bucks will get you further in Indiana.
1: I like the, uh, there was a woman holding a sign that said, uh, natural disasters rule. And you've got Heenan who comes through with a comment that if she'd be home doing the dishes, she wouldn't have time to make stupid cards like that. The bimbo it's like, well, come on, that's not even clever.
2: You're just being mean. My wife heard
0: that one and was like, oh, yeah, that's right. They're wrestling misogynistic on wrestling. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's like that. Yeah, misogynistic, racist shit. Your grandpa says or something. I mean, probably lighter
2: than a lot of people's grandpas say, but
0: uh, you know, Bobby's a heel. Yep. So we're headed off to our seventh match: Money Inc. of Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase and. Erwin R. Shyster, IRS, with Jimmy Hart versus the natural Disasters, Earthquake, and Typhoon for the WWF Tag Team Championships.
2: The shark and the tugboat. We have a real fun, cute one for, the, for their uh, face turn, is the shark and the tugboat. I still like R- Rumble and Splash. Rumble and Splash. <laughs> Well, he doesn't. Earthquakes the shark in like uh, in WCW later, right? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I was making sure. That...
1: Tugboat somebody too, but we'll get to them eventually. Oh, I think we already tugboated, didn't we? We already tugboated. Yeah, we've tugboated. And we've typhoon. We've typhoon. But yeah, next we, next we, we're gonna, gonna have some more. It's gonna be more of a, a shocking. turn. You, is it a shocking fa- face something. turn too? I just have to wait and see. Uh, You'll have to wait and see. Oh, uh,
2: is this a, a Hogan
1: thing? No. <laughs> uh,
2: oh, that was Bubba the Love Sponge. No, you'll,
0: you'll see. see. <laughs> okay, all right. So the story behind this match was that Money, Inc. had won the titles from Legion of Doom a couple of months ago at a house show after Jimmy Hart had sold the Natural Disaster's title shot to the Money Men. And so, therefore, Jimmy Hart joined Money, Inc. Natural what is Jack doing? You, do? you can sell the, a title
2: shot? I mean, Ted is
0: DiBiase you? bought the belt from Andre the Giant. <laughs> That's true. You know, it happens.
2: Yeah, I get
0: it. But the champions come out first. Foreshadowing? Hmm. IRS looks to start, but DiBiase wants to match power with Earthquake, only to be thrown Shirthead. into the corner multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> Quake clotheslines, million dollar man. IRS jumps in to get clotheslined as well. More clotheslines for everyone, and the disasters team up for a double Naga knocker to send Money Inc. out to the four. You get a clothesline. You get a clothesline. Clothesline for you. Hip-tossed to IRS by Typhoon, head-slams into the turnbuckle, and charges into the corner, but Shyster moves and makes the tag. Typhoon, with head-slams and head-butts on DiBiase, has him staggered on the ropes and charges in with the clothesline, but Main Dollar Man ducks, sending Typhoon over the ropes. Eventually. <laughs> Tidal wave. IRS slams Typhoon's head into the still steps, rolls him back in, and Money Inc. begins to work over Typhoon with a double clothesline, an elbow job, double back elbows, but Typhoon is able to power his way to his corner for the tag. But the ref never sees it and forces Earthquake back out of the ring. Boom. More double teams from Money Inc., an Irish whip by DiBiase, and Typhoon ducks a clothesline. Comes back where both men hit clotheslines for a double KO. Typhoon then makes it to the corner for the no heat at all tag. (laughs)
2: The coldest tag in Indiana. Pretty much. The coldest tag (laughs) heard around the world.
0: Earthquake jumps in with multiple shoulder blocks to IRS, a clothesline to both men, the disasters Irish whip money ink into each other. Quake then clotheslines Million Dollar Man over the top rope, and Typhoon with a splash in the middle of the ring on Shyster. Earthquakes starts Those up the tremors as he's running the ropes, but Jimmy Hart just pulls IRS out of the ring. Good Money you, Inc grabs their belts and just walks back to the locker room to be counted out. Gee, but hey, that's some real heel shit, dog. At least the natural disasters so learned me? they can't win the belts <laughs> by countout.
2: Yeah, that that being said, that just means we can see this in a cage now, right? Logic would allow well, you to see this in a cage. It doesn't sound those, like really good. Those are always our favorite double main maybe. event. Whatever the next show is, oh, can we the, get a, this tag match?
1: Can we get a lumberjack tag team main event? <laughs> that would be awesome. No. Skinner's got to do something. But, <laughs> <laughs> but
2: uh, no, it's very funny that they don't know the rules. They're like, why? Why, why don't we get the? It's like, come on
0: didn't you just learn you guys you protect, learned this at Royal Rumble wrestlers. you learned it at Royal Rumble Yeah, we went over
1: this two episodes ago guys damn it yeah there's no,
2: no, st- no stipulation here maybe we should have bought a stipulation
0: we then go to the back mean jeans there with Brutus the Barber Beefcake and we haven't seen Beefcake since Wrestlemania 6 episode 44 because of his boating accident and Brutus just tells us that he's there to support the Hulkster he Brutus says
1: some jokeable shock. stuff there about he's seen
0: Hogan
1: through all the highs and even down low. And, and all I could was, think of was I to laugh. He
2: him <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, because like, yeah, yeah. Brutus uh, followed, the, followed the money because he knew he couldn't create, generate any for himself. He's just a <laughs> little ankle biter. Yeah. A big little ankle biter.
0: We didn't get our eighth match. Owen Hart versus Skinner.
2: You know how excited when I was like, oh, an Owen Hart match? And you know how how far my, my heart sank when uh, I knew when they said Skinner. Like,
1: like what? But on the positive side, mm-hmm. you get Owen Hart in a singles match as opposed to what it was originally supposed to be, because I guess originally him and uh, Anvil, or the, the new foundation, was supposed to be a part of the, the eight-man tag. Oh. But Anvil got fired or... He's no longer with the company at
0: Yet. this point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened, but
2: uh, I'm sure you, you can fill me in later.
0: So Owen backflips into the ring, right into where Skinner's standing. So Skinner spits, his chew it. oh, it's into his face. It's so, so
2: thick and it looks real. Yeah, it's not. It's it's a shoot
0: dip spit shoot chew, and then Skinner slams Owen's head into a turnbuckle. Skinner with a shoulder breaker, a headbutt, an inverted DDT for a two count. Skinner with more headbutts and throws Hart over the ropes, but Owen holds on, skins the cat, and hits an O'Connor roll for the pin, and and the win.
2: And that's like, Skinner actually did stuff to him outside of spitting on him, like, you know, inverted DDT is pretty cool. Put, some, put somebody away. But Owen Hart didn't even do anything but roll him up. Yeah. And Correct. skin the cat. Correct. He did two flips, no punches. But he beat... How would FTR feel about this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he beat uh, Skinner faster than his brother did at Tuesday night in Texas. Oh, uh, okay. He is... uh, he took a, Once a again, bigger...
0: Once again, is Owen Hart better than Brett? <laughs> 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 he
1: he got spit on bigger than Brett did at WrestleMania 8. Mm. Brett got a little spit from from uh, Piper, but Owen go got. I think Hart uh, only wanted this
2: match just so he could tease Brett. <laughs> <laughs> just talk shit.
0: Post match, Hart hits a drop kick that sends Skinner out to the floor.
2: Okay, okay. You, get, you got one. You know? He got one. But it's like, oh, you spit on my face. <laughs> You're gonna hit after the bell.
0: We then go to the locker room. Mean Gene's there with Sid Justice and Harvey Whippleman, and Sid calls Mean Gene a fat balding little oaf.
2: Unacceptable.
0: <laughs> Fuck you, Sid. And follows up with speaking to Hogan it's not going to be a barn burner it's going to be your last match and then Gene throws to a video package of Vince interviewing Hogan Sid
2: sounds like a beefy Bobby Hill when he talks he's got a weird voice <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking weird
0: in this very serious interview Vince basically asks is this your last match and Hulk says, I have a lot going on that I just don't know. And Vince ends it kind of with, thank you for Hulkamania and making me lots of money. Yeah, what is,
2: uh, not Cop and a Half, that's a different movie, that's Burt Reynolds. Uh, the, uh, Suburban Commando? Suburban Commando, but then there's, what's the one, Mr. is it not Mr. Nanny, is it Mr. Mom? Just the no,
0: just done Nanny? Just the
2: Nanny? Oh, it is Mr. It's
0: Nanny. It's Mr. Nanny. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: yeah. The one where he's got a tutu two, two, two
0: on the cover. Uh, Sid's words are just hilarious. We go back to Mean Gene and Sid, where he just doesn't give a damn about the memories of Hogan, only that Sid will be the man that ends him, because I rule the world.
1: I yeah,
0: you of course Hulk
2: You don't even own the company. How do you rule the world? So we're going to get to the second half of our main, of our uh, double
0: main event. That's pretty cool. Our ninth match, Sid Justice with Harvey Whippleman versus Hulk Hogan. Q. The mm. story behind this match was that Jack Tunney had called that press conference that we saw earlier to name a number one contender for Flair's title. Hogan was named, which pissed off Sid, so during a tag team matchup, Justice would leave Hulk during the match and set up this one, once again. We saw all that pretty much earlier. They did a good job of telling us this story.
2: Yeah. When Hogan comes out, he's all glassy-eyed and stuff. Like... It looks like it, it looks like it might be real, and I was thinking to myself like, is he really gonna stare at the lights for Sid? Like, I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't think this is gonna happen. Like, this might be the best acting that he's ever done. Maybe there's a maybe. Maybe he really did think he was done. I don't think that he thought that.
0: <laughs> so Justice attacks Hogan as soon as he climbs into the ring. Even the music is still going on.
2: Yeah, you gotta play. It's a rule. If you start. Real American, you have to ask to play through at least twice before you turn it off. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know. Something bad happens.
0: The Hulkster punches back. Otherwise to send, you get a big boot from a ghost. To send Sid out to the floor, but Justice climbs back up to the apron only to receive clubbing forearms and a clothesline to knock him back to the floor. Hogan finally tears his shirt off, the bell rings, and the music finally ends. <laughs> yeah. They had to wait until he posed. Justice is back in the ring, attacking Hulk with everything, but again, Hogan with some punches to knock Sid out to the floor.
2: This Sid, there's a Sid, like, he does like a, he's like grabbing at Hulk's face, and it looks terrible, and it's like the closest shot that's ever been shot in wrestling. It's like right in the camera, and he's just got like his hands on his face, and it looks (laughs) so bad.
0: I couldn't believe it. The two men are staring each other down inside the ring, and Sid calls for a test of strength. I love a good test of strength, which takes the Hulkster down only for Hogan to reach down to garner some strength to get back to his feet but a knee to the gut from Justice stops the momentum.
2: I know that of strength is kind of like one of your least favorite things about mm-hmm. wrestling. I'm pretty sure it's Hulk Hogan's favorite.
0: That that
1: could be why I
2: hate it so much. Because he doesn't have to do anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he
0: just has to get down on his knees and like shake his head a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he does that uh, on the regular at home anyway.
0: Reversed Irish whip followed by a clothesline by Hulk. Whippleman then jumps on the apron to distract Hogan, allowing Sid to choke slam the Hulkster. The choke slam is cool. I'm surprised the Hulkster took it. <laughs> Justice is working on the back and kicks Hogan out to the floor, following out to hit him with a doctor's bag across the bag as well. What's in the bag? Wait, Is this Isaac Anticom? Is, <laughs> is Harvey Whippleman a doctor?
2: I don't know. It, oh, yeah, what is the deal? we even talked about Harvey Whippleman? He's just kind of He's there. there. He yeah. doesn't. They don't. He doesn't. I don't even know if he talks. He just stands around. I don't get it.
1: After, After smokes th- a cigar, it, uh, I guess yeah, a four foot nine skinny dude with a beard smoking a cigar, and
2: what is that he need talking to do? about? Wrestling. What does he need to do with Sid?
1: Uh, Weird. It's like a, a grown up version of Baby Herman from Who Framed Roger Rabbit.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> After rolling Hulk back in, Sid locks on the trap hole. Oh yes. But the Hulkster begins to fire up, only to receive a side suplex and a power bomb for a two count.
1: And I have wrote down, "Wow, Hogan took a power bomb,
0: and then Hulk's up."
1: I got a lot of <laughs> I got a lot of notes. Uh,
2: this sucks, mad ass. Uh, I hate it. This is not wrestling.
0: This uh, is your main event, ladies and gentlemen.
2: <laughs> Hulkamania must die. <laughs> this reminds my of my commentary while I was watching the show.
0: Hogan begins to. Hulk up, no selling everything, mm-hmm. punches, slams Justice's head into multiple turnbuckles.
2: Oh, you gotta get all four. It's a it's Ask a, the it's crowd. A match.
0: Ask the crowd. Can I slam him? Can
1: I, I slam, can him? slam him?
2: Yeah. Can I can I do it?
0: He's a
1: whole 15 pounds
2: head. Or the spot name. where he's like stretched him over the ropes and is like like calling doing the, the hand <laughs> call and like it's oh.
0: Big boot, body slam, leg drop for the pin. And no, Sid kicks out. I know, I,
2: my dreams, might be coming true. Hulkamania might die.
0: Whippleman then jumps in the ring, and the ref calls for the bell as the Hulkster press slams Harvey over to Justice, who just catches him. So that's <laughs> why Hard <laughs> Wippelman's there, because they
2: need a DQ excuse. Huh?
0: All of a sudden, Papa Shango comes running out.
2: <laughs> that, that, uh, that was my biggest pop of the, this match, probably. Big bad like, Booty yeah. daddy himself. Yeah. Where's while the Hogan train? and Sid the skeleton are train? Skeleton
0: Brawling in the ring. Shango attacks Hulk from behind, begins to choke him when. Dun. What is that music? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, it's Sting. Close. <laughs> Ultimate Warrior comes running down to the ring. We haven't seen him since SummerSlam nineteen ninety one. I mean, there was some
2: bring Warrior back signs in the show, and I was like, "Is this person crazy, or am I going to see Warrior later?" Chased by the time after. it by the time it finally happened, I didn't
1: forgot about the sign, but it was uh, early in the show that I saw it, and I was like, chased after Mustafa and, and Adnan at the end of SummerSlam, and they just disappeared until all of a sudden he comes running
0: back to save Hogan. Wouldn't it have been great if he had ran out with a chair? Like, yeah. he had just kept running after Adnan yeah. and Mustafa, and then he comes running out with a chair. So that's honestly
1: what I was, you know, looking back, that's what I was hoping for, was that he was wearing the exact same thing that he was wearing when he left SummerSlam and then ran back in with weird hair. and. Oh, yeah,
2: his hair didn't look so good.
0: By the way, SummerSlam 91 was episode 59. Go back and check that out. Yes. As Justice grabs a chair from the outside. Warrior with the clothesline to send Shango over the ropes to the floor, but Sid, hits him in the back with the chair, goes for a second one, but Hogan grabs the chair away.
2: Probably does a finger wave, I'd
0: imagine. The official announcement is Hulk Hogan by DQ. Cue the music. Post-match, Hogan and Warrior celebrate in the ring. Hogan grabs a sign that says, Bring Back the Warrior, and then begins to pose with oh, Warrior. Oh, you think the Bring
2: Back the Warrior thing was a plant? I think
0: Come on. Warrior joins in on those poses
2: Yeah, them posing together It's like the fucking
0: The douche powers unite
1: Is this the biggest like DQ celebration on a pay-per-view ever?
0: Other than the other Five Hogan DQ celebrations? True
1: Well, I mean, this is the most recent one so <laughs> I can't believe Newer is always better Fire- I mean, I can
0: believe, but you know Fireworks begin to go off As Gorilla says his goodbyes uh, Missy drill. So, we're going to talk what was supposed to happen. <laughs> oh, cool. So, that'll be a, fun. A I,
2: I, uh, I try to keep this, I want you to get the
0: real reaction. So, there's a couple stories out there about what was, what was supposed to happen in this match. Shango was either late running down the aisle to break up the pin, or Harvey was late getting into the ring to break up the pin. And they still needed five minutes. for Sid Justice them to was never supposed to kick out, yeah, because Hogan is a diva piece of shit and didn't want anyone kicking out of his move.
2: That's awesome, good for you, Sid. Mm-hmm. That raw.
0: So that's kind of the reason why the finish is a little bit of a clusterfuck.
2: I'm okay with it as long as somebody kicked out of Hogan. I don't care because I don't care anyway. So like and if it was, if yeah. Hogan gets down like even the smallest of notches makes my heart grow a uh, full size. I
0: agree completely.
1: Yeah, the part I've heard forever or heard, heard forever is uh, that Shango, Shango was, was late. late. Yeah. Which is believable because... I mean, he smokes Halloween.
2: He's a good internet follow. All he does well, is smoke That's bombs. a long run.
0: There's a rumor basically that Shango was late but there's the, the reason the Harvey was late getting into the ring rumors out there is that Harvey and Sid made an agreement basically oh. to for Harvey to be... To, be late, so Sid, so Sid could kick, kick out. out. Oh, so Sid was
2: like potentially going into business for himself. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: So that was the show, and now I need to know some overall thoughts. Shane, what do you got?
1: Overall, it had some uh, some good moments. You know, starting off with with Tito Shawn Michaels, even though it got uh, started off rather slowly, it was still a good match to go with. You know, Shawn Michaels starting his Mr. WrestleMania. Persona basically at this one plus, you know, I love me some sherry You had the second match in the Undertaker streak Good great, even though it meant saying goodbye to Jake You get Savage and Elizabeth you get flair. I mean it had its highs it had its lows and it's it's definitely worth watching or going back to have a, a look back on Um I could have done without some of the stinker matches, but you have to have the, the stinker matches just to give everybody a, a chance to get a beverage or a, a bathroom break or something, at least back in this day. The ending, even as much of a, a Ultimate Warrior fan as I was as a kid, it uh, still a little bit of stinker. Right. Yeah, um, You weren't
2: as excited as you should have been? No.
1: I mean, I was. When the music hit, hell yeah. I, I jumped off the, I remember jumping off the couch back in the day and freaking the fuck out because Warrior was back. He hadn't been around for like nine months. But then he got in there and it was just him being a cheerleader for Hogan and standing there with yeah weird looking short hairdo. <laughs> Everybody made fun of AJ Styles' hair when he first entered the WWE, calling him you know soccer mom hair. And this was early 90s soccer mom hair,
0: I'd yeah. have to say. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah.
2: That is funny. How about you, Michael? Four out of nine ain't bad. And those four? can watch them back you can watch them and then watch them again and you'd enjoy it just as much the second time the rest of it like i said four out of nine ain't bad especially when those four are like a couple of them are classics like agreed best match on the show we might get to it here in a minute
0: okay okay (laughs) all right so I was about halfway through the show and was thinking to myself, literally, I may have a new favorite show overall. I did too. I had the same feelings. If, if not, definitely favorite WWF show. Yeah. That we've watched because Great American Bash '89, it's, it's still up there. Tops. The last four matches though, really took the wind out of my sails. Starting at Tatanka. Yes. Martel. Those. Because I could even deal with
2: the, eight man.
0: That's the thing. The eight man wasn't like, bad. It's fun. It was the it's right short, length. Right length, and it it served a purpose. It served a purpose because you can't have the highs of Brett Roddy. You can't go straight into the highs of Flair. Yeah, also,
2: the eight man was six minutes long. If every Survivor Series match was six minutes long, and I got a heavyweight title match at the end, like maybe I bo- maybe I maybe I'd enjoy the show. But like. Six minutes is perfect for an eight-man that doesn't really mean anything. There's no eight-man
0: belts. So, even though those last four matches happened, I'd still sh- say this show is probably my top five of all time. Because those four matches rule. And I can say a lot of it also is because there were storylines yeah. to almost every match on this show.
2: That is very helpful, even, when, if, even
0: if the matches aren't good. It's nice to know. Exactly. And... You you got the holy shit moment mm-hmm. when you were a kid. You didn't really enjoy it as much now, but it was a cool that holy awesome. shit moment. Yeah, at yeah. the end with Warrior coming out. Yeah, like because that's not something that at this time that WWF did. So for this is
2: like the first run in with music. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I, was exactly. I, was like, I was like, oh, they're playing music. Normally, when if you're if wrestling's done right, you don't play their music when there's a run in. But this is the return of Warrior, so it's make it's okay. But like, if he was, if
0: it he, would, he would have been in the ring before anyone even realized, so that's why they put. Yeah, the music. exactly.
2: Yeah, it's like you had to. But like, if it's a normal like mid mid card match and someone's coming in to, you know, save somebody or to do a run in and fuck something up, like playing their music exposes
0: the business in an annoying way.
1: Yeah. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you.
0: I think it's time we mark it up. So, best moments of the evening. It's Ooh. tough, because there's two
2: matches that I could watch right now.
0: That Piper putting, like, Piper, standing well, there with the ring yeah, bell, yeah, but,
2: and, and then tossing it, tossing it and away. And then, at the end of the
1: match, putting the belt on Bret Hart. Yeah, exactly. I uh. see, from that match, it's the two of them, you know, on their knees slugging it out. That's, that's yeah. the memory that yes. I, I always yeah. go back I to. Literally I literally saw that, and I
0: was like, oh, this is New Japan. I was yeah. like, this is what I love. Okay. <laughs> hey.
2: Yeah, uh, it's. I think it's the best match on the card, but I would not. I would not argue if somebody was like, I like Savage,
0: Flair better. I mean, there's a little bit of overbooking in that Savage Flair matchup. Yes. Yeah. Which is the reason why. Well, I and this would... one's
2: just a f- like the Intercontinental. It's just a fight. It's just like yeah. who's the best man. Yep. Which
0: is why I would put the IC title match above the heavyweight match in... and. Yeah. And how good it was.
2: Yeah. The IC match is a traditional big wrestling match. And then the Flair Macho is a WWF match. It's like sports entertainment done, done right. And I the mean, other one is an athletic contest. And
1: they're seems, just different things. For me, it was, I mean, the piper uh, Bret Hart match. Yeah, that one was the, the best on the show for me. I liked the the Flair Savage one, but that one had almost a Saturday Night's Main Event type feel to it, oh, as opposed to the Intercontinental Championship, which had this big, monumental feel to big it. Big fight feel Yeah. To yeah.
2: I, I did love that match, but I mean, that Piper and Brett it was, it was just special. And everything Randy Savage does is, is special. Like, what's the, uh, him and Sherry versus uh, Dusty and... Um, Sapphire. And Sapphire. And Sapphire. Should be awful, but it's one of the one of the most fun I have ever had watching yeah. the WWF match. And it, I mean, Dusty Rhodes, there's a lot of character there. But like Macho and Sherry, or or why why that worked so well? Absolutely. And uh, so like Macho Man has kind of a perfect record as far as storylines go, and his involvement in them, and what he brings to them in WWF. From what we watched,
1: yeah. With this particular storyline with Savage and Flair, they went a little too far out of the box with some of the things that they tried. As far as the build up, you know the the whole pictures thing. Or yeah, it seemed like and, a little. It's only ninety-two.
2: You need to wait a while.
1: But yeah, it was it was one of those things too, where continuity thing, where WWF again shot themselves in the foot, like they did when they they put out. a match together and
0: then built an angle real
1: quick.
2: Got a I mean, lot I guess he that's a but that yeah, if you built the ma- if you had the match and then that was the angle you threw together, it's like, well, that's cheap heat, but like it's also real heat because yeah. like it's yeah.
1: But they it's not it's, it's it's both. They somewhat spoiled the ending on it too because just like they did when the rockers broke up with their WWF magazine, they sent out the results before the match actually happened. So yeah, when it, Why
0: did you keep getting this magazine? I know. It seems like the bane of your
1: existence. Nobody looked I, at it. it. It was the cool thing back in the day, damn it. I guess it just shipped
0: early. Yeah,
1: but yeah, there was... When the whole picture scandal thing of Flair and Elizabeth was going around, then the real pictures with Flair Which and they Savage... Were doctored, by
2: the way. Yes, they, oh, they were doctored I, I photos. Mean, I figured that... You know, poolside, poolside...
1: Her fawning over... Over Ric Flair when it was actually you know just his body really superimposed like over Savage way over
2: the top where it, like it's like her with like a, a, a big a big banana leaf <laughs> like feeding him grapes that would have been very good
1: but yeah you throw you throw Flair and Savage in a match together and I'm gonna be happy I just wish they would have constructed this one just a little differently
0: another one of my favorite moments uh, we see the dead man rise kind of for the oh, first yeah. time that is that's like the the first I, they, I don't know if it's the is it the first time. It's the first time that I remember seeing him just yeah. getting up. Because, I mean, no one gets up from a Jake the Snake DDT. No. And then he just does his little sit up thing, and you're like, oh, holy shit. Like, <laughs> this dude is unreal. But, I mean, also that Jake went out there and did the right thing for the business and, you know, put over this young guy on his last match going, going out of the business, basically, or going out of the company. Any more best moments? Oh, I mean, those
2: are so high that it's like, I see. What else do I even talk about here? But mm-hmm. I said four good matches. So, like Tito Sean, good starter. I, it was good. Sean's like you know,
0: hearing sexy boys for the been, first time. Yeah, being that's great. Being John shitty, man.
2: being shitty as hell, and it's uh, <laughs> his performance was great. But if it wasn't, he wouldn't be Shawn Michaels. Exactly.
0: Well, how about most disappointing?
1: i'm going to stick with the the Shawn michaels category me as a, a fan back in the day and still to to this day as much as i love sean versus tito it was not what we were supposed to have originally which was supposed to be Shawn versus marty so you could have the official blow off of the rockers oh yeah on a, a wrestlemania so platform was that
2: advertised that match
1: i can't remember yeah Because if so, that'd be a huge letdown. I mean, that was the Rockers broke up. They didn't have anything happen at the Rumble because Marty was, quote unquote, injured. And, you know, they they never got the payoff that us as the fans wanted. And also, like, Marty is. At that time in the heat of the moment.
2: Yeah, like, in ring, Marty was, like, just as good as Sean. Mm -hmm. He's just obviously not nearly as handsome and. Probably not as good of a promo as charismatic, but we never really got a chance to see it.
1: Yeah, he, he shot himself in the foot there, so I guess most disappointing for me would be Marty Jannetty, because he fucked up everything <laughs> that I wanted for yeah. the, uh, the finality of the, the Rockers. I
2: mean, even though, like matches that we don't care about on here aren't like pulling teeth, so it's hard to shit on them, they're just like, eh, that was fine, I just it didn't...
0: That's That's the reason why I'd say this show is still one of my top five shows of all time, because... Even the worst match on this show, which probably Hulk and Sid...
2: I mean, I don't know. At least least people were cheering that, like Tatanka and Rick Martel. Okay, maybe... Which is not bad worked or anything. It's just... I think that the Owen Hart thing was a is a pretty big letdown because i wanted to see an owen hart match and i didn't expect it to be a minute and 36 seconds so i was like i was like oh cool owen hart singles match they, they and were, then all of a sudden it was over and i was like yeah. well i love you owen you did great for they were supposed to have seconds. a
0: 10 minute match and they were running behind
2: oh really so we got
0: cut down and it was just like what on all the just, promos? just don't even just don't even have this match if you're gonna have a minute 36 i mean like, skinner was gonna lose yeah. anyway
2: so like okay. whatever they, yeah, they, yeah, i think they fan. did a really good job before a squash match but oh, i, I, I don't need to see a squash match on WrestleMania.
1: I was Not still, like this. I was still coming down from the trying to shake off the fact that he just got completely covered in dip spit. Yeah, dip spit. And then all of a sudden the match was over.
0: Yeah, that's kind Son of thing of I was bitch. like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Disappointing for me, the natural disasters, literally when they made the hot tag, like the crowd made no noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for your, what WWF was hoping to be their top babyface tag team at the time. That's not a good sign. I mean, yeah, that's and that's the sad thing
1: about the tag yeah. team situation back then was, if the natural disasters who are a newly faced team that, you know, I mean, had just had their their contract sold by Jimmy Hart, you know, you'd want them to be a little hotter, but they hadn't had time to really build. Yeah, on the same roster though as like LOD,
2: it's like, well, LOD's like LOD has been. Are, are can not really tell. I can't ever tell what the deal with that
0: one is. One of them was actually suspended. I think it was Hawk. Because of steroids, oh yeah, they put him on the show with the promo to at least build him back up. Yeah, yeah. But they have been. But I mean, I just they've been gone for a little
2: while. I'm saying like in defense of the fans. Like you can't have them do like you know the Legion of Doom, and then I love Earthquake. Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. There's not also like what kind of it's not the greatest gimmick either. The state of the it's tag teams guys. at
1: this time just kind of sucked because, I mean, you had the Beverly Brothers, you had the Bushwhackers, you just broke up the Rockers, Demolition was no more. I'm trying to think of the other hot nasty teams boys. out there, Nasty Boys.
2: Yeah, yeah. Nasty Boys aren't don't really have anybody to have matches with anyway.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they're probably making more money, but like I said, I would have liked to see them stick around WCW.
0: So another one of my most disappointing, Papa Shango.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was very I- surprised.
0: I cannot find anywhere why Papa Shango was part of this. Was he part of the build-up at all? I don't remember him being a part of the build-up.
1: I think it was more of giving him something to do with, like, giving somebody for Warrior to roll into.
0: But see, it was supposed to be Warrior. It was going to be Warrior and Justice. Oh, was it? Okay. After WrestleMania. I don't know why... I'm trying to remember... Maybe they sent him out there... Uh, with, I mean, the only, thing, me, I I two, two,
1: the only two thing I gave to... I got Whippleman did... with Papa Shango for a short time. It might have been. Maybe that's
0: what it was. Oh. Uh, I, like, I literally was looking at Papa Shango stuff, and I'm like, I cannot find uh, why... It's like it didn't
1: happen. I mean, the Papa He's... Shango character itself didn't last for... I mean, sorry, spoilers, but the Papa Shango character didn't really last. I'm trying to think if he actually even had a match on a pay-per-view, or if this was his one pay-per-view appearance.
0: But yeah, he comes running out, I'm just... Like, the only thing I could kind of... Because uh sid in his promo says the i curse and i was like Does, is that what links papa shango to i was like, <laughs> the I, was like I was like <laughs> i curse you i paid a voodoo doctor to yeah i literally could not find it it was just like why is it papa shango like it made no sense to me but i was just like he's there for like two seconds he missed what he was supposed to do most likely and then Ultimate Warrior comes out, and I totally forget that Papa Shango's even there. So <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah. So best performer of the night. I mean, we all love the Piper heart, and I feel like Piper's probably the one that does the better job. Just for the selling of the, like, Yeah, know, that, like be- I said, that bell moment is, yeah. is what sticks out to me.
2: I mean, any of the four in the in the, the true main events, the true double main event, <laughs> I guess one of them is billed as that is part of it for whatever but yeah i mean uh i'm loving this this last couple times we've seen uh piper so i have no problem slapping that sticker on him
1: agreed i mean this this last year of i'd say since i mean i guess Survivor Series when Survivor he series, came down as a team, Flint, and, that's when
0: Flair showed up. And yeah, that's kind of when Piper kind yeah, of. That's
1: when the the fire got lit under Piper, yeah. and then you had the the Rumble where he came in there, pulled the double duty, and oh, yeah. you know, looked like a badass the entire time, and then just rolled right into Mania. Yeah, so, and I now mean, he's
2: putting over putting over Brett like in a match that, yes, actually doing, puts him over. Doing what, you know what a, I mean? a
1: veteran, you know, building old timer yeah. should do, you know, building up. And the, it's his like first. Generation. Also, it's his
2: first belt. Just yeah. still funny. Yeah.
1: Only had it for two months or three months, but didn't hesitate to put it back on the next person and No, he's
2: busy making cable rocket
0: strap in. in between all this. Most surprising? Papa Shango.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> <I mean, kind
0: laughs> yeah. like Ultimate Warrior showing up makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. But Papa Shango makes like no sense at all. Sid um, kicking out. Sid kicking yeah. out.
2: Yeah, I guess the Sid thing. Uh, I did. I don't know what to think about the just that finish. I mean, we talked about it, like what what really happened here, but it doesn't it just doesn't mean anything. It just feel like it probably maybe it meant something at the time, but it, Hulk Hogan walked away.
0: He went off to film *Suburban Commando*. so... Yeah.
1: You're welcome, world.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. The dusty finish. After Harley Race regained the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, he would continue to be challenged around the country, including in Atlanta, GA. On June 21, 1981, Race would meet a former champion, Dusty Rhodes, in a classic battle. The two men would battle on the outside, just making their way back into the ring in time before Rhodes would then come off the top rope with a crossbody to get the pin and become a two-time champion. Dusty would continue on Harley's punishing schedule that was set up until he would meet a young nature boy. Next week, Wrestle War 1992. Hmm. The
2: match beyond.
0: Are we ready to go to battle?
2: Uh, let's do this. Sure. A couple of, couple of cages, a couple of rings,
1: a couple of one badass matches. Yeah, one war. One
2: war i like it one war eight eight men i don't
1: know one war to Shooting settle the, the score yeah there we go a squadron versus
2: uh-huh. an alliance yeah what's gonna happen uh-huh a wild medusa appears she's wild i, mean, I don't know <laughs> oh, <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> she's not wild that's what it says whenever you play the video game pokemon a wild whatever the pokemon oh, okay. appears. Like, that's why i don't understand the <laughs> the
0: i only reference. ever played the first game but uh, <laughs> i'm pretty sure it still does that i mean it's Music from this week's show is The Grand Spectacle by Jim Johnston. And Hogan won the main event, so we must play I'm Real American real by Rick American. Derringer. You can rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. You can always email us at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com with any comments. Questions, concerns, or you can always find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistox. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week. Later.